microphones are on. Levels. You might need to come a bit closer, Naomi Carling, just a little bit. How's that? It's pretty good. I feel, I feel pretty comfortable. Pretty close in. And your cans, your headphones are loud enough? I think they're already up. And levels. Warm. <laughs> Blanket. <laughs> Yeah, we're being, we're all good. being very warm here in Robertson today. Well, it was 31 degrees, which is, for North Americans, that's hot. Well, in Canada, you know, because you're on Celsius. And then suddenly today it was like 14 or something, half. Chilly. And that's why we have our woolies on. <laughs> <laughs> my, my earphones are keeping my ears warm. <laughs> there is a chill. I just guzzled all that cold water. Oh, yeah, right. I haven't had my tea. Ah. Anyway, here we are, finally. <laughs> and um, we were just running a topic, talking about masculine and feminine. And um, I think, Naomi Carling, you brought that concept to the table. I did. So why don't you I did. I wanted get to it bring rolling. it whilst it was fresh in my consciousness, because I've just taken a, a bit of a hiatus, a two-night, three-day getaway. And did some pretty deep delving into the cosmos and into myself and into all that is, um, from the smallest things to the to the biggest concepts. And one of those was um, the divine masculine and the divine feminine and that dance that we have, um, obviously through men and women on our earth. And at this particular time, there's a lot of power um, fluctuating with what we project to be the powerful feminine or the powerful masculine or even the ways that that, is, that energy is abused. So fe being feminine is is usually associated with being soft and being yielding and being in intuitive and uh, nurturing, um, accepting and forgiving and, and all of those softer qualities open to any any of yours. Jumping in. <laughs> well, you're talking about the ones that, I mean, I, I also have heard of feminine being, you know, warrior-like and I mean, you know, mm. it, it's been so much more, especially in the last 50 years or so that there's been more of an awareness of um, sort of that <clears throat> goddess power. Mm. Yeah, definitely. She can be very powerful. Mm -hmm. And then the masculine, I guess we, we associate with more traditionally that power power over actually mm -hmm. <laughs> which is obviously the manifestation of the abusive or the shadow part of that but masculine is also providing the light and providing the um, direction providing the ideas and the feminine brings it into the the physical realm and it's easy to think of um, I guess birth birth is is a way that the feminine brings a concept or an idea or an inspiration into the physicality mm -hmm. so um yeah it came to me that i guess i was just becoming aware of the divine feminine within me and how i dance with that with my partner and and how his feminine side is also quite strong and my masculine side is quite strong and his mm -hmm. masculine side is is perhaps a bit wounded and i think for men mm -hmm. generally the masculine parts are quite wounded because they're um, conditioned to believe that they can't use their intuit intuition or their um, 
feeling sense. It's more about just kind of barging forward and taking, taking, using yeah. physical dominion. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I mean, we also, um, speaking as a male, we have um, testosterone that can surge through our bodies and make us do all kinds of kooky things, like you know, mm. destroy things. You know, it's the, it just really is quite a powerful surge. Um, but apart from the um, chemical or hormonal, you know, side of the fence, um, it's really interesting. Uh, as as men, as males growing up, we really don't really don't have that many role models. We have um, sports models, sports stars. We have the Peter Pan kind of rock star. Yeah, who never grows old. Who never grows old. And is just party boy, you know. I think of Mick Jagger, mm-hmm. and then oh, we. And, ironically, he's yeah. like the apparently the hardest working businessman uh, in the oh, industry. I know, <laughs> I know, and um, and and uh, and then the stitched up business corporate with the tie, mm. and there's not a lot to choose from there. Mm. Yeah, um, what if you want to choose Gandalf? Yeah, then you're considered to be. Well, well, I mean, I, I, I have a lot of students um, who, male students who love Gandalf. Um, they have some interesting role models. So I think there's more choice now for, mm. you know, to develop that um, aspect, uh, that view, if, the wider view of your, um, of your masculinity. I so. think I read something. I think it was a, a Facebook thing someone had posted. I'm using Game of Thrones and saying, what kind of man are you? <laughs> and listed all the Game of Thrones characters and goes, pick who you are. And then it was like, and who are your friends and who's your family? And then what kind of woman are you in the Game of Thrones character? Gosh. Because they are kind of all archetypes. Yeah. I mean, yes. as complex as they are, because mm-hmm. I think they do a really good job of making them characters complex. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And these archetypes. And it is complex. Yeah. And these archetypes you can actually activate inside of you by meditating on them. You can actually activate the principles of those archetypes in your well, system. This actually just came up uh, in the last couple of days. It just occurred to me that um, because I'm I'm doing a, an, an EFT um, training workshop coming up in about three months, and I mentioned to Stephen um, that there was going to be, there were going to be a couple of, uh, unlike mm. the last couple of workshops I've done where it's all women, there are going to be a couple of guys. Mm-hmm. And you said to me this morning, I want to come when there's other guys. I want boy yeah. energy. That's right. So explain that. Maybe this is a good... Uh, well, it's also, I mean, I like working in with groups of men um, on, you know, when it comes to soul searching and self-development because um, uh, I, feel, I, I feel very comfortable in that. Um, and um, I also uh, feel can feel very empowered. And I know that I can also be of help to other men. Mm-hmm. In the past, other men who have been through a lot of stuff have been incredibly helpful for me mm-hmm. to reach my own center on that point. So yeah, I, I was I think, yeah, I really want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I really want to do that. Um, One of the men that were that was on my ret- on this retreat that I attended um, was also having some revelations about the divine mother and the divine Mm. feminine aspects. And he was saying that he's always had this uh, difficult relationship with the feminine. He's always felt very threatened by it and and really kind of afraid of it. Um, And so so he's dismissed it from his life, doesn't doesn't own that in himself and and certainly doesn't really uh, admire that or respect that in other 
women around him or probably other other men as well I'm sure that shows up in many ways but through this meditation he was he was feeling that wow isn't the feminine amazing isn't the the archetype I guess of the divine mother mm. just awe-inspiring and beautiful and bright and just takes up all the space mm-hmm. and how difficult that can be if you're not comfortable in yourself as a man or in your masculinity to feel really threatened by that. And he was saying that he just realized that all he had to do was hold the space for that and admire it. Mm-hmm. It is there is so, no threat. It is so incredible, Naomi Carling, that you're talking about this because we have not discussed this. Uh, that you said exactly what you just did then. Um, the meeting that we had the other night, two nights ago here, mm-hmm. I was driving home and I was contemplating that all of the, you know, the people, uh, spiritual masters that I have, that I hold up high, they're all men, they're all masculine. Mm. And, I was, and I was going, maybe I've really missed out on something here. I, maybe I, I really do not have a female deity or archetype mm. to tap into. And this is this, and I didn't know you went through this, you know, process, in, process for your, in your retreat. And so I thought, who, who is there, you know? And then I got an image of this tiny little porcelain um, figurine I used to play with as a little boy. And, and I used to hold her and fly her around the house and she would do magical tricks and, cool. you know, do magic and stuff. And I realized it's Quan Yin, the goddess How beautiful. of mercy and compassion. And I absolutely flooded because I just suddenly realized that I've, I've had a connection with Quan Yin since I was a little boy, since I was a three-year-old. Mm. And so Quan Yin, by the way, is a Chinese deity. I don't really know a lot about her. I'm now looking into yeah, Quan Yin. Is it, I thought it was Hindu. Oh, I think she's Chinese. Oh, we'll have to work this out. Okay. Yeah. Um, but she is of... Um, she hears the cries of people's pain on the planet and mm. addresses it. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was she a... She may be Buddhist, actually. Buddhist. It, it is. It's originally Buddhist. Yeah. Yeah. So she decided to stay close to earth. She's dis- she, she could decide- have had the option to yes. go. Yeah, yeah. And she sits there in a very relaxed position if you see statues of her. Mm. And um yeah, so I would fly her around and and I connected to this this image. And so I've been focusing on Kuan Yin since from two nights ago as my female connecting deity to pull out of me and connect with what it is that she offers. Mm-hmm. So so, so strange you say that. Or well, wow. not strange, really. It's not really strange. <laughs> it's typical of what happens here at One Mind Live. <laughs> <laughs> typical of what happens in life yeah. when we listen <laughs> and when we allow. Um, yeah, but I thought that was so beautiful that this, that this friend of mine was having this revelation about his relationship to feminine. And, he, and, and I really felt and saw the change of his face and the colour come back to his skin and... And the friendship, the warmth between us um, form. Um, so I, I wonder how much of that is part of the collective unconscious patterning that's happening right mm-hmm. now, that men are actually scared of women 
um, or scared of the feminine in all of its glory. And I think women are afraid of their own glory as well. Mm. Um, and how, how if that fear wasn't there, what would the earth be like to be like? Yeah. Oh, well, if fear wasn't in the earth period, I mean, it's just, I just see it time and time again when I'm working with people that fear is one of the main blocks to, um, to their brilliance. Mm-hmm. It's one of the main yes. blocks to to the the solutions that you can come up with, to the realizations of what you deserve in life, to the re- realization of what you already have, and gratitude. And um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the big, um, one of the biggest blocks when it comes to integrating the masculine and feminine. And mm. well, the the women have been suppressed for such a long time, and the the man has taken this role of you know we should we should worship you or we should just obey you. Mm. Um, that patriarchal kind of system that and, and a lot of men don't even know what they're supposed to be obeying in the yeah. patriarchal system. <laughs> you know, and well, it's really confusing yeah, too. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I read this thing just recently that um, it was that. Um, Something like 98% of men, when polled about what they look for in a partner, a female partner, mm-hmm. will say, um, in the top three will be intelligence. Mm-hmm. But when they actually do psychological tests and they have little sneaky ways of finding out what your preferences really are, but mm. not what you think they are, but what they really are, intelligence is like way down. Whoa. Oh dear. Yeah, I know. So there's this real conflict in a conflict. It's an inner conflict and a fear. I know that I want intelligence, but actually in practice... It makes... It emasculates me. Yeah. You know. I'm threatened. Yeah. And which is... Which can only happen if you've got um, a, a wound in the masculine. It can only happen. And if that's the case, yes, I agree. But I'm just trying to think where the dislodge is as well. Is it... Um, if a male is looking for an intelligent woman, isn't that isn't that a, a, a also a survival mechanism to want to team up with someone with smarts? Yeah, and, possibly. Yeah, and that sounds quite normal to mm-hmm. want to. Well, you want someone <laughs> who who's, Well, the thing is, you want someone who's intelligent enough to help protect your offspring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But maybe. But that's but not. the but the dislodge in deep well, deeply psychological terms, they actually don't want it because they feel threatened. Yeah, I don't want to be challenged oh, in that my way. Goodness. Yeah. And this was, and this was, and this, and I kind of looked at the test and I was kind of hoping, well, I hope that that's, that they did a cross section of really, um, a demographic that I wouldn't be interested in anyway. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was across the board. I mean, the whole, the reason that, that this, that this study was interesting was that it was a really big cross section. It was like, oops. Cross-section in terms of different occupation, occupation and um, socioeconomic background, and um, also cultural background. Yeah, that's it. It's a landmark I'm going to go and kick a football. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go bake a cherry pie. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) are we we going to now go over to? Yeah, we'll see you guys on the other side. See you there.